I am trying to um uh, trying to up the audio game here. Okay. So I was doing some mic testing and stuff. I'm using a different microphone and whatnot right now. Oh, cool. Did you um, get a new mic? No, this is just one that I've had, but I'm not just doing like a USB mic. Like I'm going all out. I have one running through an interface and, and all that other fun oh, stuff. Oh, jeez. Right? That sounds like you could do some pretty crazy, interesting things with it. Sounds like we uh, should yeah. make an avant-garde podcast for an avant-garde album. Change the time signature of the podcast right now. I That's not... I. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> the top, the podcast is now in seven four. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> All right. Um. Wow. You you want to jump right into this already? Do you have some vocal effects you could throw on this? I probably. I don't currently have it set up to do that though. Put your voice through a through a through a guitar uh, amp. No, I, I have stuff I could do, but I'm not gonna like reset myself up to do that. I'm not. I'm not gonna like set up a bunch of vocal effects right now. I'm jumping a little ahead here, all the way to what have you been listening to lately? But Jeff, have you ever heard uh, Billy Joel's Rock Band, where it's him on a Hammond organ through a guitar amp? Yeah. Yeah, like, you mean, like, before he was Billy Joel, Yeah, Attila, right? allegedly one of the worst albums ever. I remember, I remember, I, okay, I was, like, until you said it, I could not have told you the name of the band. Yeah. I am aware that that's a thing that existed. I am, a, I know that I've listened to it, but, like, I have no real memory of what it sounded like. We're gonna run the podcast For, through a Hammond organ through a guitar amp. We are, we are not. No, actually, hold on. I need I need to find a lip balm real quick here. Yeah, that's fine. I don't, I don't know where mine went. Jeff's got to blow up his lips. That's not what I said. It's got to get his lip balm. That's no, not not bomb. It's a. Oh my god! I've never never thought of that. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Sound Judgment Podcast. Where every episode, we'll be discussing all of the important musical topics, from reviews to which member of Motley Crue is the most vile. I'm gonna judge the officials. I'm gonna judge all the judges. It's gonna take you people years to recover from all my opinions. Do you want to jump into this? Absolutely, let's go. We are gathered here today... To talk about the new Avenged Sevenfold album, Life is But a Dream, which dropped recently on my birthday. Oh, did it really? Yeah, June 2nd. Oh, check that out. Interesting. And normally, I wouldn't give a shit about Avenged Sevenfold, but uh, there was some buzz around the album for being uh, a bit different. It was definitely bringing in, like, the memes around this album have been unreal. <laughs> So I saw a ton of memes before I, I knew anything about the album, and I was just like, I was real curious what what we were going to be getting into here. Um, now, you briefly said that you really don't have much of a history with Event Sevenfold, correct? No. Uh, I mean, back in the day, I mean, I had Guitar Hero like everyone else, so I remember The Beast yeah. and the Harlot. I remember Bat Country. Oh, I remember Critical Acclaim and Almost Easy being on the radio. Uh, but like, and I know I've listened oh, really? to both albums. I did not know those were on the radio. Actually. Almost easy. I remember all the time. I heard critical acclaim a couple times. On oh, the crazy. X. But, um, I know I've heard both albums a couple times through, but they never really left an impression. I know I've heard some stuff from nightmare, but it didn't really catch me. I never really disliked them, but I also never really thought of them one way or the other. 
from my experience, like I hung out with like the the metalhead kids, and it never really caught on with them but it seemed to catch on more with like the alt metal and new metal kids yeah well i mean it's it's definitely so especially when we were like in high school yeah so i mean you graduated in 08 correct uh-huh. yeah so when we were in like middle school and high school they they definitely would not have appealed to like the the typical metal kids yeah well i mean they kind of seem they kind of seem to mix the two genres like i would say like a heavy metal band for metalcore kids or something that's yeah 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 they, they have a bit more of that maiden and metallica influence at the time uh but they like kind of watered down traditional metal with like stuff that was trendy yeah okay i can get that um so i i definitely had experience with them previously uh so i my introduction to Event Sevenfold was their first two albums, uh, sounding in sounding the seventh trumpet and waking the fallen, okay. which are among the most unbearable bullshit mallcore garbage I have ever heard. I cannot tell you how insulted I was. When I first heard the song Unholy Confessions. Yeah. And we're talking like as a as, as in high school, I had friends whose like, you know, instant message handles were named things like unholy confessions with numbers and X's and shit. Right. Like I had friends who were this was their scene. Yeah. Um I and like the same thing. I knew people I knew people who loved the shit out of early Avengers Sevenfold. Yeah. By the time I was graduated they only had the first four out but i know people yeah who, you know love those oh albums. yeah yeah but i have a lot of experience i i spent many an hour uh in friends cars listening to the first two albums um because by the time i graduated high school i graduated in 07 so the the self-titled album i think it had just come out or maybe it wasn't even. No, I don't th- actually. I don't think about. It. I think no, it came it'd be out in October. I don't was, think it was even. I was gonna out. say it was in October, so yeah, you would have been okay, graduated so by then. So, so by the time I graduated high school, they only had three albums. Yeah. It was just the mallcore bullshit, which I, I'm sorry. M Shadows' voice in Waking the Fallen, that style of screaming. You know how some people. In fact, I think you're one of the people who says like you can't listen to country because you like you hate the twangy voice. Yeah, yeah. The the cat puke. Style screaming is yeah. so unbearable to me. I want to just cut off my fucking ears hearing it. Like hearing the <laughs> wah, 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 wah sound is so insulting because otherwise there's some decent stuff musically on both of those albums. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest complaint with like either of those albums musically, I mean, I'm not a big M Shadows guy, but. It, it, it's mostly that, like, if you listen to heavy music before you hear them, you can very easily point to what they're into. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's very derivative. So, I do not know when I first heard City of Evil. Yeah. Um, Because I know it was out for a while when I had, like, first actually had any experience with it. Because I had already written the band off. Like, I already was just like, no. Like, there's no way in hell I'm listening to this. They're just absolutely insufferable. But... What I did not know until, and I remember who told me this. I very, re- I remember the moment where I was like standing where we're out in the woods, and a friend of mine, um, said, "No, you like you need to listen to this because he learned how to sing." 
<laughs> and I'm like, really? And it's and it's it's true. Like you can look this up. He actually like worked under a man named Ron Anderson who worked with like Axel Rose and Chris Cornell, I think are the most famous ones. He's like a big name vocal coach. I say is. I don't quote me, but I actually think he he has since passed away. Um but big name vocal coach who worked with a lot of guys who had like lost their voice or blown their voice and helped them like find it again and fix the way they sang. So then I, I, I'm, I remember being handed an MP3 player, you know, back in the mid two thousands and it had like 15 songs on it, but one of them was beast and the harlot. Yeah. And just all of a sudden I was just like, there's no way this is the same guys. Like, there is no way that these are the same guys who wrote Unholy Confessions. And all of a sudden, Jeff was caught here in a furry place. Yeah, exactly. I was caught in a furry place. No, no, um, caught, caught here in a furry place. So... <laughs> the fish. So, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think City of Evil was, like, God's gift to hard rock music. But it was good enough that, like, I went, I own a copy of it on CD. Like, it's a pretty it's solid album with yeah, some with fun. some really cool tracks on it. Yeah. But I never really thought much more of them since then. Um, between their self-titled and Nightmare and Hail to the King, I heard probably the singles and other songs here and there. I had a friend in college who, when, was probably when Nightmare came out, his brother is, um... His, his brother's autistic, actually, and is also just, like, a phenomenal drummer. Yeah. And he just, like, honed in on that album and was like, no, I need to learn all of this. So I'd be hanging out with my buddy, and we would just hear his brother in the basement, like, jamming along to the entire album. And that's probably the only time I listened to Nightmare in its entirety, <laughs> was hearing my buddy's brother, like, learning to play it in the basement. So cool. Um... Not a whole lot that really stood out to me directly, but, like, none of it was offensive. That's kind of weird, because for some reason I thought you were a fan of the self-titled album. I, uh, so I'm actually looking at the the track listing right now, and off the top of my head, I only know the songs Scream and Dear God by name. Okay. That being said, Dear God is a brilliant song. I love that song. That actually makes sense because the only reason I thought that is because you recommended I listen to Dear God once. Dear God is a beautiful, brilliant song, and I love it. Oh, man, they they sure knew how to do ballads. Um, So then, in 2016, The Stage came out, and I heard a lot of talk about it being uh, theatery and experimental and interesting and progressive, and I've literally never listened to a single track off of it for some reason. I realized that while doing this, I never, I, I, it was on my like to do list and I just, it just totally slipped me by. I've never heard a song off of it as far as I'm aware. Well, once again, here we are dealing with, um, metalheads finding, or at least rock, rock people finding theater music. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, although I would say life is but a dream has definitely caused more controversy. It's, it's caused a bit of a stir. This is another one of those albums that is just super polarizing. You know, yeah. you, you either, ha you, it's like you're not allowed to just think it's okay. You either have to think it is the worst thing they have ever done. It's one of the worst albums you've ever heard. Or you have to think it's like 1010, album of the decade, best thing they could ever do. Music has peaked. 
Like, it's almost like you're not allowed to have any opinion in between. <laughs> well, I guess the idea is that Avenged Sevenfold either did, like, a shitload of drugs or, like, toads or something. Uh, apparently um, they were doing hallucinogenics. Apparently that is uh, a thing they have discussed. Well, the, the, the hallucinogenics uh, come from a toad. So they looked a toad. Um, Are you serious? Is I that mean, actually, they, like, what happened? It, they probably took, like, a pill that was an extract. Well, but yeah. It comes, yeah it's but secreted like, through I, toads, yes. I was unaware it was toad-related. Yes, I'm just assuming they, they're They are frog okay? lickers. Um, <laughs> else, all right. And they wrote uh, an avant-garde metal concept about album about uh, death as a concept. Like, if it's not a song about physical death, it's a song about, like, spiritual death or ego death or some goofy shit. Every song is about death in some way. Yeah, it's, well, it's kind of that whole, um, at least I was kind of getting the vibe, you know, that quote that everybody dies twice. Yeah. Once when their physical body dies and once when they are, I forget how it's normally said, like, once when their name is said for the final time or or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, like existential dread surrounding death on this album. Yeah. But that being said, it doesn't sound like, like it's not a depressing album necessarily. Not always. I mean, there was that time he said, here I am hanging from my family tree. Well, okay. Yeah. There's moments, but like, it's not, I'm not listening to this in, in thinking like nineties corn levels of just like right, flat out right, depressing. Right. 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 Chris, I don't know where to start. Do you just want to call it out there what you feel about the album, or do you want to start digging into tracks? Well, How do I you don't necessarily do have it. I I kind of don't necessarily have it dug into tracks, but okay. I do have it kind of laid out by my experience going through the album. Well, why don't we? Well, why don't you? Why don't you lead this then? Okay, I mean this for me. This this is a band that, like I said, is I've always kind of considered derivative. And I think, um, I, I still feel like that even though this al- album is full of ideas that are new for Avenged Sevenfold, there's nothing really new in general. They're doing some interesting genre mixing, which I I could say they probably did some uh, a lot of drugs and listened to like some Frank Zappa and Mr. Bungle. But right off the bat, um, I'm once, I'm, I'm once again here to accuse Avenged Sevenfold for ripping off Metallica. Really? They open this album with, like, this guitar intro that just gets crushed by, like, this electric intro that just kind of goes crazy. And every time I hear it, um, and maybe it probably just comes from the bias of, like, I mean, these guys are kind of known for, I think one of the songs off of, off of Hail to the King is just, like, a straight ripoff of something from the Black Album, right? Like, they got called for that, right? I remember that being a thing, but that's also one of those ones that, like, I mean, how many metal riffs get effectively uh, reuse so I, I i never really think of those arguments much i'm not sure if i've ever i'm not sure if i've ever looked into that one specifically because i typically go like all right go ahead go ahead and you know go go be angry about it again yeah no no but every time i hear it i i, I conceptually go back to the intro to ride the lightning the album okay that opening track where it starts off with like that do 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 acoustic guitar if you've ever yeah. heard that song and then yeah. it just gets crushed by that speed riff but in this one they go into something that's maybe a little bit more system of a downy yes oh yeah and they do some genre mixing that reminds me of like uh something mike Patton would do in like mr bungle or faith no more yeah i oh yeah Th- this is this is definitely um can i just say real quick a lot of people are making like really 
grandiose statements that this is like the most crazy, diverse crossover, whatever album ever. And I mean, there's a lot of mixture going on here, but this doesn't even hold a candle to something like some of Zappa's work or Mr. Bungle or, I mean, quite frankly, there's, a, there's, there's, I am going to take a wild guess and assume that Sinister Gates is big on 70s fusion bands. And it's like, this is maybe kind of crazy and outlandish coming from Avenged Sevenfold. But in the grand scheme of weird progressive music, this is... This is tame. It's fairly subtle. Now, again, it's not what I would have expected from a band as, you know, as as typically straightforward and big as Event Sevenfold. But like, you know, this is entry level to weird experimental prog music. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, entry level is another great is is once again coming up as a great term for Event Sevenfold. But like if you really want to hear some weird shit, like the debut Mr. Bungle is a fucking strange album. Well, actually, uh, more than anything, what I was thinking of is uh Slipknot's first EP that mate fee to kill repeat like the pre Corey Taylor that that album in fact there's one song on there called something like do nothing bitch slap is that right that um within one song just like keeps pretty randomly jumping between really really intense heavy metal to like a disco funk thing with people going in the background right and it's it, it exists purely for the sake of being weird like it's not trying to make some profound statement it's just how ridiculous can we make this and i think they succeeded doing something pretty pretty damn ridiculous um i get a lot of that kind of feeling from life is but a dream there's a lot of weird stuff happening i think just because they sat down and said yeah why not let's do it let's go yeah i mean they took the shrooms and they 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 created something different yeah but I think the reason that I, I go back to that is it seems even like he tries to do some of that crooning and and clean singing that like Mike Patton does on most of his stuff, especially you know on that second track, um, you know, you know. The, wait, a Mike Patton second track, or are you referring to Mattel? Uh, the se- no, this yeah, Mattel. You know. Now I know this might sound crazy. How was that? You know what? You actually were totally like roboting out on me while you were doing that. Uh, I was about to say, Chris, you're cutting out. <laughs> so I whatever you did, your microphone was not happy. Daisies. How was that? Yeah, that was a lot better. <laughs> I don't like when he does that. <laughs> I don't like when he goes to the very edge of what his voice is capable of doing and sounds like he's straining himself. So in all fairness, I think a lot of his range always kind of sounds like it's the edge of his range. He's always been kind of a limited vocalist, and I guess he bl- he actually did blow his voice out before this album. Oh, did he? Okay, I did not know that, actually. That does not surprise me. I believe he's blown his voice out before. Again, ripping off Metallica, blowing his voice out. That's not... Okay, also learning to sing after a few albums. They're all... They're really ripping off Metallica. Exactly. M. Shadows might be the weak link in the band, Jeff. Oh, I think without a doubt he is. I don't really think that's up for debate. And I just think he does a lot of stuff on this that his voice isn't fit for. But there's other places where I, it, where I think when it's heavy, his voice works as well as it does with any other Avenged Sevenfold song. But, like, I don't know. Sometimes he tries to, to get a little creative, and I'm like, get back in your box. Uh, yeah, All right, I can see that. I mean, he, he definitely, I think, is is he is absolutely the weak link in the band. 
But that being said, I've always thought he was really interesting. I really, I've always really liked his voice ever, you know, again, since he learned how to sing. I, again, I don't want to say always. I'm not saying it's always bad. I'm just saying there's times where it really sounds like he's straining himself. And I think that line was one of the ones where every time I listen to him, like, that sounds like it almost hurts. You know, I would normally agree, because normally I am a huge stickler for, like, hating listening to people who sound like they're singing with with poor technique. Um, The problem is, again, because I think such a large part of his range always sounds like that, I don't really know if it... And I, I saw that that's a really common complaint on this album, is people hating his voice all of a sudden. Um... And I'm really not getting that feeling. Like, I really at no point listened to this and thought like, oh, wow, that's the worst he's ever sounded. I don't know. It sounds fairly par for the course for him, to be honest. Oh, I'm not, no, 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 so. no. I'm not saying it doesn't sound par for the course. I'm saying that I don't think that his voice did what he wanted it to do when he was singing out of his usual element. When the songs go jazzy or whatever, and he tries to croon or something, I don't think his voice was quite doing what he wanted oh, it to do. Which okay, is, ju- okay, I'm okay. strictly talking about the limitations of his voice. Or when he okay. tries to hit those kind of higher notes on, well, I've smelled the plastic daisies. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's like really pushing himself like just to the, almost the brink. And I'm like, dial it back a little. No one will get mad if you go down a step. Um... No, probably not. And I kind of wonder, actually, there's a lot of things I really wish I could have sat in on, like the studio sessions. And I would have just, I would have loved to just ask, like, so what, um, what is your goal here? (laughs) Like, what was your plan while you were doing this? The plan was being on drugs. Yeah, the plan was obviously they just did a lot of drugs and and wrote a very strange album about death. Yeah. Um, The next couple songs I don't have a ton to say about i think they play around in this industrial kind of new metal territory that isn't quite what they normally do but also isn't like insanely out of the realm of of normal things for them so you mean mattel, like no- mattel nobody and we love you um yeah. there's some there's some i mean again there's some interesting memes you know build higher build taller build faster build stronger build that's another bit that I, you know. There's a million memes based off of it, which I think are are hysterical. I mean, my I think my introduction to this album was literally a picture of Bob the Builder <laughs> with just like the, the you know the, the lyrics like scrolling over it. But I'm not gonna lie. I think that section's really cool. I can only imagine how awesome that would be in a in a live setting with a crowd who like remembers the order of the you know build whatever. God, I think it's actually really cool. Also, I was getting a lot of um. I don't know if you're familiar with. There's a musical called Hades Town, and you know it's it's the story of Orpheus and Eurydice and 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 Hades and Persephone, whatever. So Hades' character in in Hades Town, he obviously is like Lord of the Underworld, and the people who live in the Underworld in this take on it, they're they're building a wall. Yeah, I love that album, The Wall. Yeah, no, they're well, they're building a wall, and there's this whole. There's a whole track that's just Hades saying, you know, like, why do we build the wall? And then there's like a chorus that comes back and says, like, we build the wall because it keeps us free. And it's it's this weird chanting back and forth thing. And I was getting major Hades town vibes with the whole build, 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 build thing. All all I could think of was was building the wall during all that. So then we go on to what's up next? Beautiful morning. No, cosmic. Cosmic is... Uh, yeah, Cosmic. Don't Cosmic, skip Cosmic. 
Cosmic's interesting. Uh, it's got this kind of like 70s prog sounding song. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like the folkier kind of prog from the 70s, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Beautiful Morning kind of reminds me of like Alice in Chains, especially post-reunion with Willem Duvall. Uh, but it kind of has like this sort of musical theater section in the middle that makes me want to scream when Billy Corgan does it. Okay. <laughs> okay, exactly. Uh, there is definitely, again, like I, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of theater influence in here. There has to be. I don't know what these guys have been up to. I don't know what they're like hanging out in the in the studio watching while they're while they're working on this um somebody somebody in the band has gotten really into musical theater uh the difference is i thought this was done in an interesting and kind of accessible way this was not the two hours and 18 minutes that was autumn yeah yeah this was this also isn't i don't think at least this isn't trying to like tell a specific story no 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 it's just it's based around a concept but it's not a story concept yes this is a concept this is not a story album yeah so i covered beautiful morning and then there's the trilogy of songs yeah then there's the god trilogy it's g ordinary and death which are arguably the worst named tracks on this album they were a little bit reaching on those titles but the first one's this kind of proggy jazzy thing that actually does remind me of zappa yeah, the first one is very much a Zappa, or um, if you've ever heard of the band Screaming Headless Torsos, I was getting major Screaming Headless Torsos vibes off of the track G, which means, like, if you like the track G, go check out Screaming Headless Torsos. Uh, but if you're one of the people who listened to this album and wanted to shoot yourself, you probably don't want to go look up the Screaming Headless Torsos. Fair enough. The second of the two, Ordinary, is just Daft Punk. It's, it's Daft some, Punk. It's, it's just, just Daft it's Punk. It's got some just funk, say. but it's just Daft Punk. The, or, the track Ordinary is literally just like, it's like someone described the song Get Lucky <laughs> and said like, you know, it's kind of like this without like quoting a single word. And it's just like, all right, I'm it, this... It's like if an AI if an AI tried rewriting "Get Lucky" is what uh, the the track "Ordinary" is. And the last track is kind of like this swingy piece, like swing music. Yeah, so death feels like somebody took. It's like when someone takes a song from like the twenties, thirties, or forties, and they try and make like a modern interpretation of it. But it's kind of it's kind of done in that like pseudo creepy fucked up like we're gonna redo this song to make it part of a soundtrack for a horror movie yeah it has that feel to it even lyrically it was very reminiscent of something from like the early half of of the 1900s right uh and then the album just kind of closes out with this solo piano piece that's kind of jazzy it's not like a crazy long album it's 11 tracks it's just short of an hour and um I mean, other than that, I mean, more so than anything else they've done, it's just kind of a complicated listen. But I also have this note here that says, I'm going to talk negative as long as possible so that Jeff doesn't figure out that I really enjoy this album. (laughs) Chris. (laughs) If you could have told 15-year-old me, right? Flashback to me being 15, right? I'm in the back seat of my friend's car. And we're driving down Route 22, blasting Wake the Fallen. If you could go back to me then 
and tell me that Event Sevenfold would one day release what you think might be Album of the Year, I would literally spit in your face. This is genuinely one of the coolest albums I've listened to in a long time. I actually really liked it. Sometimes there are some ideas I don't necessarily think works, but so much of it I think is so fucking cool that I really liked it. I mean, this is like, I'm not kidding. This is contender for album of the year. This is a wild ride. And I (laughs) loved almost all of it. It has a couple moments that I don't think are great. It has a couple lyrics. Uh, I don't, I I wasn't really buying the lyrics about all the, in Mattel, all the being plastic. All I could think of was like, is he trying to like describe life as if he's like a Lego person? Because, like, the whole time, that's what I'm picturing, is, like, Lego Man M. Shadows. I am about to give some serious misinformation, uh, but please correct me in the comments, because uh, engagement is good for the algorithm. The only singles that were made for this album were Nobody and We Love You. At one point, I claim that there is a music video for Mattel, but I go on to describe the music video for Nobody. This is probably due to the part in the music video where uh he literally picks plastic daisies uh and i stand by that part of the music video referencing the song mattel so there so so did you did you watch any of the music videos or anything no they've released Is that a, a thing should they, i have there's a well there's a music video for mattel and it's basically it's done as like a skeleton like it's an animation of a skeleton and he's walking past like all of these other skeletons like some of them are like watching TV and he's just kind of like, he looks and he keeps walking. There's like one hanging from a tree and he looks and he keeps walking. And then he rides off with death and death takes him to heaven to like a heaven and just kind of drops him off. And then he starts looking and everything has like plastic and like has a barcode on it. I'm assuming it's just like a statement on consumerism of some kind. Yeah. I mean, again, like I said, I, I listen to that song and I just kind of keep picturing like he's a Lego man, like the music video of this like, you could take the music video for, uh, was it Fell in Love with a Girl that was all building blocks or whatever? Like, that's what I feel like the music video for this needed to be. Yeah, there's, like, three music videos for it, I think. I was not aware of this. I knew there was a music video for We Love You. Yeah. I have not watched it, but I know that that's, like, a single. Well, it has, like, Because a- I, I, remember, I remember reading someone's review where they said something like, and this was like, before, I, I want to say this had to have been before the album even came out. Yeah. Where it was one of those, like, it was like a meme. It was just like, you know, wow, if this is one of the singles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody and We Love You and Mattel were the ones that got, like, music videos and stuff like that. Very um, strange. Okay. But We Love You is like a visualizer. It's like a 180 degree where, like, you move the mouse and the camera moves. <gasps> oh, those are so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. Okay, that's awesome. I will 100% need to, like, partake in that, because I think those are awesome. Yeah, I'll send it to you later. Okay. The thing is, like, I kind of accept it if this album is bad and I'm just kind of enjoying it, ironically. I I really dig it, but, like, anytime someone criticizes it, uh, I've been laughing at all the bad reviews, because I agree with a lot of the stuff. Like, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that people say where I'm like, I'm not going to deny that, but I still like it. That's exactly how I feel, is, like, all the negative reviews, I, you know, someone will say something, I'll just kind of sit there and be like, you're not wrong, but that's part of why I like this. Yeah. Like, it is extremely, like, it's, how do I, how do I want to say this? 
it's hard to say a concept album about death isn't taking itself seriously, but like you can't make music like this going in trying to be wholly seriously. Like there is a certain part of it that you just go in and just accept. Yeah, this is this is a bit weird. You have to have a bit of a sense of humor about it. Like this is a bit odd and it's just and it exists just for the sake of being musically strange. Um but again, I think it's I, I think it's so accessible too. Like this is like it really is like great intro. If someone wants to get into, you know, like interesting, crazy, progressive fusion music that doesn't suck, like I think this is a really interesting and really great gateway to that. It's a good starting point. Like, right? I like mean, yeah, don't like- start don't start with in the court of the Crimson King. Um you can pretend that's not real, and you can just start here. So anyways, even though I don't think that they're doing anything that I've necessarily never heard before, it's the fact that they're writing outside of their own usual box. That a band on this level, like, doesn't have to do that I think is so cool. Because they could put out the same shit, and they have a built-in fan base that'll eat it up. They don't they need to go... They absolutely could. They don't need to go outside of their comfort zone, and they did. And that's, in and of itself, commendable. Yeah. On top of that, this is... Even if I thought this album was shit... This is the most entertaining and different thing I've ever hear, heard from Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Without a doubt. It, it is. And I have not gone back to look. I have not gone back to listen to the album, The Stage. I am I am curious now because I want to know more about the transition. I want to see more of how they got here. Because, again, knowing some singles and the album City of Evil... This really feels like it comes out of nowhere, and I know that the stage is going to be, like, the missing link in between. That being said, the stage is also from, like, seven or eight years ago or something. Well, okay, in fairness, they actually, I guess, recorded a lot of this album pre-pandemic, and then the pandemic slowed the whole thing down because they knew they wanted to tour for it. Yeah, but, but my point is, like, either way, like... There, there's there's a lot of evolution that I missed that I want to go back and see what there is. Um, but, you know, much like how obviously to a much lesser extent, but how I defend Chinese democracy by Guns N' Roses, saying like you can't take use your illusion from 1992 and then pretend that they wouldn't have changed in the in the 14 years in between. Oh right, right, right. If this is if this is the direction Avenged Sevenfold was going in, I'm curious what the entirety of Hail to the King and the Stage are like to see how they were heading in this direction because I really don't know. I'm not familiar with those albums enough to have any clue. I actually kind of might check out the Stage later, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like without the pandemic there may have been a 3 or 4 year difference which isn't quite as crazy, you know. Okay, yeah, no, absolutely understandable. But um yeah, I, I I agree. Like, this is different enough in terms of their writing without getting into, like, the wanky weirdness that loses some people, right? Yeah, like, this is definitely not as... Again, this is a good gateway, because this is not as pretentious as, I think, a lot of the music that influenced it. I bet some of these guys have, in rotation, a lot of albums that are much more... Uh, a, a much more avant-garde. Yeah. That I think this is easier to get into than probably a lot of what they're listening to. This is to. a great radio version of it. This, Yeah, this is like if someone decided to take prog music and make it somehow radio-friendly, 
Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, I'd be mad if Avenged Sevenfold went full Zappa. I don't think I'd want that. I don't think I want that, but what I do want is, years ago, Sinister Gates was tossing around the idea of recording a Gypsy Jazz album, and I'm really mad that that has not happened yet. I want I, I want the Sinister Gates Gypsy Jazz album. It's, you know, it could be coming at any time. We never know. I honestly don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. I will I will keep my fingers crossed for the day. One thing I thought was interesting is that there were a lot of times I'm listening to this and I'm I'm going, man, they're doing some really interesting stuff with keyboards. And I found out there's only like three songs with keyboards at all on them. Everything that they did was done through guitar pedals to emulate just keyboard weird, sounds. weird effects and whatever. Yeah. Well, there's OK. Hold on, though. There is a Mellotron. <laughs> just throw that out there there's a mellotron on, on a couple on a couple tracks there's a hammond organ on a couple tracks there's our harmonica on a couple tracks yeah but yeah. what i'm but what i'm saying is that not a lot of this album was like synthesized or it's it's a lot less synthesizer than you probably think it is yeah it's a lot more live in the studio than you might think i suppose is the point although i mean obviously there is a lot of weird editing and effects going on yeah. it's just not what you think it is on a first list. Right, right, right. What'd you think of the production? So a lot of people apparently uh, complain about how dry it is to the point where I've literally seen memes that are just like pictures of deserts. And I mean, yeah, it, it, I would say it is dry in that it's not wet using like the, the audio phrase. But I think it suits it. I really don't have issues with the production. I actually, I, yeah. I, I very I, seriously think a lot of the complaints are just a matter of it's personal preference. So obviously, yeah. and obviously, and, and I think rightly so, people who are big Avenged Sevenfold fans and this is not their cup of tea, I would be mad too. Like, I, I know the feeling of being like, oh my God, no, I love this artist, but this is not what I love them for. What the hell is this? Like, yeah, I, I get it. I get where they're coming from. I just disagree. I think a lot of the weird decisions that were made on this album, they work for me. Like they kind of fit in my wheelhouse really nicely. This, this has been so agreeable. Yeah, Chris, this is like the least funny we've ever been because we're just like, we have nothing to argue about. We're both just like, yeah, I, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> I tried so hard to just set you up for me you know, I, hating it. And... Honestly, Chris, the, because the way, so, you know, we don't, we don't really discuss albums much. Like, we'll decide we're talking about, and then we really don't say much. But because of little comments you made here and there, I genuinely thought you hated this. <laughs> I, I was said... assuming... I was assuming you hated this. From the moment I recommended this, I've been kind of plotting to, like, I'm going to make Jeff think I hate this because of that Smashing Pumpkins review where he didn't tell me halfway through. And they were like, <laughs> but no, I, I, I went into this... I was playing the long game. <laughs> I, I went into this um, kind of half assuming I wasn't going to like it just because, on paper, the idea of Avenged Sevenfold doing Prague just did not sound appealing to me. But also, when I hear people use the word prog, I picture riff salad, yeah. right? I picture dream theater, because that's, like, the modern definition of what prog is supposed to sound like. Or worse, I think of Tool. Yeah. Um, 
And and that's not what I want to hear from Avenged Sevenfold. This is exactly what I would love to hear from Avenged Sevenfold. I I really hope that they continue to just, like, spit in the wind <laughs> and go, you know what? Screw it. We were having fun. We're going to keep doing whatever the hell this is. Yeah. No, when, if you had told me pre-pandemic that I would ever even like an Avenged Sevenfold album, I would slap you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I I was like scrolling through whatever, I think Facebook or something and and one of one of the people that I'm like friends with posted something about the Avenged Sevenfold album sounding like completely different and very weird but really liking it and then like a few things down I saw that it reminded someone else of Mr. Bungle, right? And, and so, and that was like on my birthday and I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta check this out. If they're comparing it to like, if they're they're going outside of the box. Yeah. You've piqued my interest. If you're, if you're saying they're that outside the box, I listened to this album three times on my birthday. Damn. Happy birthday to you, I guess. Uh, It was a Saturday. I wish you a happy birthday. I don't even know if I wished you a happy birthday. I probably didn't. I'll be honest. No, so like no, so actually, like I believe happy I believe I believe in group chat. You specifically, when other people told me happy birthday, went out of your way to not wish me a happy birthday. Yeah, that sounds accurate. I okay, think you I specifically feel like said that you did not wish me a happy birthday. Yeah, all right, that sounds that sounds accurate. <laughs> well, a couple weeks late, happy birthday, Chris. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you said happy birthday, and then you go, oh shit, it is, isn't it? Here I am sending Chris stupid shit this morning. You sent me like a meme or something when I should have ignored him altogether. Oh my god, that's right. I did say that. Oh, damn. No, but I I saw that and I listened to this album and then I had to like take it in for a little while. Like I had to do that. What the fuck did I just hear? And then I played it back like two more times later that night. Um, Now, I haven't gone back to it much when I'm not like writing about it. So I don't know how much I'm going to revisit this after the fact. But I'm going to agree with you. This has absolutely got to be one of the more interesting albums I've heard this year. Yeah. Oh, I mean, without a doubt, this is one of the more interesting albums I've heard this year. Um, In fact, it's probably the most interesting. I don't know if I'm going to call it the best album so far yet, but it definitely is in the running. I'm There's a couple that like I would really have to sit down and debate if I really had to rank them. But uh, it's yeah. I mean it's up there legitimately. It, this is, it, this is a really no. cool time. Yeah, no, I really I enjoyed this, especially uh, considering it's fucking Avenged Sevenfold. I enjoyed this way more than I ever thought I would. I never and, would have thought I'd and, be there. And I I think I'm with you. I don't know if this is album of the year, but it's in the running. This this has not been kicked out of the out of the. Out of the no, running. absolutely not. I mean, it's okay. It, it is absolutely in top ten. Like unless the rest of this year floors me. This is in my top ten for the year. It's, it's in my top ten it. right now. It's it's the the year's only halfway over. We got we got we got time. Chris, do you have anything else about this one? Not really. Do you have anything that you want to wrap up with? Uh, no. But just other, you know. So so while we're talking about potentially top ten of the year, Chris, what else have you been listening to lately? I got I got one new thing. Uh, a new Alice Cooper single dropped. Yes, it sure did. Did you listen to it? Uh, I, I have. I caught that just the other day. It showed up in my uh, release radar on Spotify, yeah. which, man, that's such a cool feature. It is. What do you think of it? It's Alice Cooper. It's good. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good time. It's, it's exactly what I want that man to still be doing. I'm pleased because I thought the last album was slightly disappointing. 
And this sounds like it's going to be a lot more fun. Last time okay, sounded like yeah. he sounded like he had an idea that he wanted to run with, but di- the the individual songs didn't feel very inspired. Like he was doing like a back to Detroit like raw sound, like he wanted to do like MC5 yeah, yeah, yeah. and Stooges because that's where he came from. Um, yeah. But I thought like the overall songwriting wasn't as good as Paranormal, the album before it. Okay, yeah. This one's a little bit more fun, and he's actually got, like, the touring band on the tracks in the writing process, so, like, Nita Strauss was involved in stuff like that. Okay, okay. So so I'm actually interested to see where this album goes with that in mind. Do we know, is there a release date, do you know? There is, but I need to look it up. Okay, that's fine. I was just wondering if you happen to know. I think it's called The Road. August 25th. Okay. Cool, not super far away then. We got no. about two months. No, other than that, um, I've been listening to some hardcore punk, which is maybe one of your least favorite brands of punk. You don't really um, like a lot of that so stuff. Hard, so hardcore, there's a few different hardcores, so it depends on okay, what... Okay, 80s hardcore, Black Flag, late dancing. Okay, I'll say, so, see, so then you need to get into where? Like, are we uh, talking, like, D.C.? Are we talking New York? Are we talking L.A.? Like, they're very dead different Kennedy, scenes. Dead Kennedy's... Okay, so Dead Kennedys are fantastic. Uh, Black Flag. Black Flag is all right. I, I was never a huge Black Flag fan. Uh, I know you're not a fan of Dancing Misfits. Uh, I No, absolutely not. And one that I've never gone deep into before is Bad Brains. Oh, Bad Brains is cool. Yeah. Yeah, see, I dig that. I'm digging I'm digging the ska and metal being thrown into it. I like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, or like Minor Threat, I, I adore. Minor Threat's great. They got that whole one album. It's perfect. Yeah, they have that whole, like... A few like a minute and a half long songs, yeah, but they're yeah. great. I mean, then you 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 can start branching off into uh, Rite of Spring and Fugazi if you want to get into like those guys. I've dabbled in Fugazi. You sh- yeah, um, I haven't delved into Fugazi. But yeah, I've dabbled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Quite a bit of Gorillas lately for some reason that I'm not really sure about. Like the first two Gorillas albums, and you're not really sure about them. What do you mean? I'm not. I'm no. I'm just not really sure why I'm why why that's. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say like my, no. It's. it's I'm, gonna I'm say, listening those are to them. Great I say I'm listening to them because they're great, but I don't know what set off me listening to them. You know. What oh I mean? yeah 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 okay. And uh, like I said, you ever listen to Billy Joel's weird ass rock album with an organ through a guitar amp? Because I listen to some of that. Yeah, and like again, like yes, I have, but God, I couldn't, I couldn't hum back anything to you or whatever. Strange, strange music. This, 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 this round through. All right. How about you? What have you been listening to? Well, I I did a lot of traveling for work over the past week or so, so I've been in a car a lot, and I have listened to a gross amount of Nat King Cole. Ooh. <laughs> there's a, there's a. I don't know. There's an album. It's called the Complete Crap Cat, the Complete Capital Transcription Sessions. It's Nat King Cole trio. It's like everything they recorded during that era, and I just like shuffle, play, let it go, and that has been. It was driving music. It's been working music. Um, a lot of the Nat King Cole trio, and then a lot of uh, there's a there's a modern swing guitar player and singer named John Pizzarelli. He has a new album out called Stage and Screen, which is, it's very par for the course for John Pizzarelli, but like anyone who knows who John Pizzarelli is, if you're into this kind of music, he's like as good as it gets, you know, he he really is like top of the game kind of thing for this. Um, 
So a lot of fairly laid back, small band, guitar voice, swing music has been the soundtrack of my life for at least a couple weeks now, honestly. Not a whole lot of, um, yeah, I say, which is funny because I've been going from almost exclusively that to Event Sevenfold <laughs> and then back with very little else in between. Um, otherwise, I've been, I mean, I've been on a big podcast kick for a lot of driving and stuff too, so. But yeah, my music listening has been very not varied. Well, when you got one album doing all the genres, what do you need? Yeah, pretty much. You know, Event Sevenfold's weirdness was covering the weirdness realm for me and everything else was uh was music that makes me want to make cocktails very nice speaking of something that you brought up earlier uh yeah did you did you see uh hold on i wasn't prepared for this to be a conversation so. oh you're good you're fucking lying to me you fucking guy okay sorry i I I put in Slipknot original singer and Google's answer was Corey Taylor. No 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 the uh, the original guy Anders. and apparently he's apparently he's doing mate feed to kill repeat live. Well why don't I just fucking leave because that's what I was gonna tell you. Why don't you do the podcast? No, I'm just kidding. I am doing the podcast. That's why we're here. No, I actually <laughs> literally saw that and I didn't really think of that as podcast topic. That is something I actually almost sent you. Was it when did I send you that Billy Corgan article? Couple days ago. Because it was that same night that I happened to see an article about that, and I was just like, oh my god, I should send this to Chris. And then well, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be podcast material, but then you brought up the original, the first Mate I wonder, repeat you know what, that's why, that's probably why I have, that's probably why I have it in my head now that I think about it, because I did see an article about that. Uh, yeah. Anders Kolsefni. Man, that's a wild album. Um, I, yeah, wow, wow, I completely forgot about that until you mentioned it. I guess that's why I was thinking about that album, though, because Maybe. I did just read this the other night. Yeah, so there we go. We, uh, figured it out. We did I, it. What does Corey Taylor think about it? Well, that's actually literally the joke I was gonna send you is it's on ultimateguitar.com, <laughs> and the, the headline is literally, Corey Taylor shares opinion on original Slipknot <laughs> singer performing Mate Feed to Kill Repeat live. Very and nice. I'm just like, and it just amazes me that they're still running with that joke of what does Corey Taylor think about it? Like, I have not seen Corey Taylor's opinions on things in years, but I look back on Ultimate Guitar and it's front page news. What does Corey Taylor think? Don't worry, there's also an article about uh, Clown from Slipknot. Yeah. Um, and there was an article about Billy Corgan, which I sent you. So, like, apparently Ultimate Guitar literally hasn't changed in, in 10 years. They talk about the same four people. Oh, don't worry. Posted one day ago. I'm looking again. Dave Mustaine praises Kirk Hammett for being able to play his early Metallica solos. I actually, um, that one, that one I read on the shitter and, uh, you know, they make it sound a lot more insulting in the headline than it actually is. Which well, is it's just the fact that it's just the fact that they're talking about Dave Mustaine still like ultimate guitar. I swear to God, they talk about the same five people. Speaking of new songs, Baroness released a new single. So I guess I got to go listen to that. See ya. You obviously do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Christopher. I know that you've been doing a lot of driving for work this week, but I need you to take us home. <laughs> How am I supposed to beat that? That was perfect. <laughs> Chris, I'm hitting stop. <laughs>